What's up, everyone? Welcome back to What the Mom. We've got a special podcast for you today because my mom is going to be producing this entire episode. So she's taken charge. You know, she's done 13 episodes. I've been kind of the creative lead on this and uh, I'm a little tired. So I was like, mom, you, you, you know, you know what we do here. You know how to do this. Add some add some Irene spice, add some mama to box spice to this podcast. What do you got? Uh, how are you feeling? Are you excited about taking over hosting this episode? I'm super excited. I'm a little nervous, but I'm very excited. Is it going to be all over the place? Is it going to be like ADHD or you think you created a little bit of a, what's the plan? No, there is no plan. There's no structure. It's uh, it's going to be very spontaneous. It Life is about spontaneity. We have too much structure in our life right now. Wear masks, do this, do that. Don't do that. No structure. I don't want any structure. Spontaneous, honey. Okay. I'm tired of structures or plans. They never work out. What's the point? Did you plan me or was I a mistake? You were planned and we couldn't conceive you for over a year. Okay. I did not need to know that. Let's roll the intro music. Well, Air, I wrote some materials that I wanted to try on you. There we go. That's what I like to hear. Okay. Okay. Some stand-up material? Some stand-up material. Let's I wrote it. it, but I haven't like really like perfected it. I, I have it written down. I haven't like done it in front of a mirror. So I'm just going to try it. And you tell me what you think. I mean, delivery is going to suck, but tell me if material has uh, potential. All right. I'll judge you. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. So I remember when my girlfriends and I would coordinate purchases of outfits to make sure we don't get the same outfit. God forbid you would show up at an event and someone would be wearing the same dress. I mean, li- literally, women would leave not to be seen in the same dress as someone else. It would be, it would ruin the event. But now I went to a party with my girlfriends and we all have the same lips. Heck, we have the same fucking face. Imagine if sh- we showed up in the same dress. That's funny. I, I think I uh, ha ha. Very ha-ha, funny. You think? I mean, I think the punchline of we have the same lips I think you should build on that. Like we have the same lips. We use the same doctor, like build, build more into what Botox plastic surgery world looks like. You don't leave that joke that quickly. And now try again. Okay. Try again. Now, you know, you know, the joke don't read yeah. it because it's hard. Joke. It's hard to yeah. follow. So now try forget everything and try mm-hmm. to just tell it to me like you would, like you just came home and you're complaining about this shit. These bitches have got the same lips as you. They got the same fucking makeup artist doing the things and like, see where the joke can keep building. Well, I mean, I can try, you know. This okay. Is, so just try. Let's, very let, new for me. let's try part two. No more reading. Okay. Uh, okay. I, welcome. Welcome to the stage. One of the best comedians in town, Irene Tabak. Hey, hey, guys, I wonder if you remember when you used to coordinate, you know, what outfits you're going to wear with your girlfriends. So to make sure that nobody would show up in the same outfit, because it would literally ruin the event if you would show up in the same dress. I mean, I actually remember my girlfriend leaving because somebody showed up in the same dress. I mean, it was horrible. But now I went to an event with my girlfriends and we all had the same lips. We had the same fucking face. We all looked identical. I mean, it was it was nuts. That was good. I think that was great. I think that would work on stage. I just think you should turn that into like a three to five minute bit. I think well, you let can me, let do me continue. a whole. Let me oh, continue. oh, you're going to continue. Okay. okay. Yeah, let okay. me continue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're on a roll. Yeah, I'm on a roll. So when you get lip fillers, you know, they're supposed to last a few years. Um, and uh, for some reason, 
every time I go to touch up my lips with every six months, I go to my cosmetologist every six months. She says, oh, we need to do a little touch up. We need to do a little touch up. So when I meet with my girlfriends every like couple months, I notice that their lips are getting fuller and fuller and their cheekbones are getting bigger and bigger. And I'm like trying to figure out, is it a way to hide? You know, is it a diet uh, way to hide your second chin or something like that? So when people like look at these gigantic lips and cheekbones, they don't see the weight anymore. We're already like when going out to drinks, we're already. Wait, that's funny. That's funny. You could say something like uh, you could say something like when you when 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 someone like, you know, when you weigh yourself, do you then have an excuse that you're like, oh, well, I'm 10 pounds overweight, but that's because of my (laughs) lips and cheekbones has nothing to do with, you know, the the, all the donuts I've been eating. It's it has nothing to do with the the three rolls I have on my on my stomach right now. It's definitely my lips and cheeks that are adding. (laughs) I know. And then we're already when we're going out for drinks, we're already straw challenged because, you know, you can't you can't suck on the straw with these huge lips. Um, but the water that the drink doesn't yet roll down our lips, but we're only in our 50s. You know, imagine when we're going to be in our 70s. I can see training videos, learning how to drink like your favorite pet. I think there's a funny joke there of like your lips are going to sag lower, uh, lower than your tits. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I'm not worried about tit sag. I'm worried about lip sag. Exactly. exactly. That, that's, that's funny. There's, there's a lot of funny stuff there. I didn't know. Do you get, do you actually get lip fillers? You do? I do. I, I didn't do. know you get lip fillers. Your yeah. lips look super regular. What do you, what is this touch up even doing? Eric, you, you can tell how many years the couple's been married by, by, by what woman says after her injection. So if her husband, if her husband comes into the room and they're like, I don't want him to know many, many of my girlfriends said, Oh, don't tell him I'm doing fillers. You know, if your husband doesn't notice your lips, you've been married for over 30 years. That that's kind of like my, my uh, (laughs) take on it Uh, because he's just happy that you don't speak for a few days. And if you've been married for longer than 30 and you've been married for longer than 30 years, if he's not concerned that you're evolving into fish. That's funny. Yeah, that's my bit. You got a lot of stuff there. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah, that's my bit. That, that's really great. Wait, but I, I don't understand you. How tiny are your lips if you're getting lip fillers? I don't my, notice. No, your lips are not tiny. But uh, after a certain age, you start getting these like little lines, these fine lines ar- around your lip. That's so just chapped they, lips. You got to buy chapstick. No, no, it's not. It's 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 old age. Are you and sure? So they, yeah. So they put a filler into the top of your lip um, so that it, it fills it up and the lines disappear. So it makes you look younger, but it makes you look like you're still an old woman with big lips, but a little bit less of lines. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. Everybody's into these lips now. And every, every friend I see has bigger and bigger lips. I mean, it's like the only thing that I look at now, no, no more. Now, now you like, you used to be a breast man or whatever, a breast woman, you'd pay attention to the breast. Now you pay attention to the lips. Why is that? Why have the lips become so important? That became a big, uh, you know, big uh, thing. I guess, you know, baby boomers, we're all getting older. We're all getting, we're, we're trying to figure out how do you look younger. And we think that these gigantic lips <laughs> are what's going to make us, you know, more attractive to the opposite sex. But at this age, we don't really care about the opposite sex anymore. So I don't know. I think we're trying to make it look better for our girlfriends. 
I'm liking your standup. When are you going to start? When can you tell the audience that you have shows? When no, are you going to no start going yet, on stage? But, you know, this was yesterday. I was, uh, since I was supposed to produce this podcast, I thought, you know, what material can I write? And the best material that you write is about what you experience on a day basis and like your stuff. And so I wrote about lips. But do you have any, do you have any desire to go and perform on stage and to start doing this and make this a career? You could become the first woman in her fifties to become a famous comedian. I would not be the first woman in my fifties to become a famous I, comedian. I don't think but anyone yeah, started I have, comedy. I think about it. I Why don't you go out and do it? What's stopping you? I don't have good material, Eric. Are you I kidding me? You just came up I with have... this in a day. Imagine if this was your full-time job and well, all you had to do was come up with material. Well, if it was my full-time job and if I came up with like a, you know, a 20-minute show, then I would I would think about it. I would definitely think about it. I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way. You know, I'm a little trained at Kian. I'm working on it. Okay, what if so we do this? I don't want to be pushed. <clears throat> what if we do this? Right now, I think we have like 45 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. The moment we hit 100 reviews... That means that people are asking for you to do a live comedy show and okay. start taking it seriously. So you're going to have to start preparing because we just have to set a deadline for you. We're going to create, we're going to say that there's going to be a stand-up show that the audience can come to the Tabak family stand-up show. I also came up with a little stand-up joke the other day. Do you want to hear mine? Yes. I would like to hear your stand-up joke. Yes. Did you know that long jumping was a full-blown career? That there are professional long jumpers that what they do their entire life is they train to jump forward really far. Okay. You're telling me that I'm crazy to try and be an actor when there are professional people who just jump forward. What do they do on a first date? They sit there and they go, oh, yeah, you know, I, I jumped. I, I, I jumped pretty far. I jumped pretty far. And, and their entire career, it's like you come home. How, how, how did you do today? Well, I jumped an inch further than I did yesterday. And then the next day they, oh, well, I jumped half an inch less than I did the other day. Their progress is so minimal. It's like, how do you, how can anybody be married to a long jumper and be excited about their career? My, my running start wasn't as great today. So I fell in the sand a little bit further back than I usually, I, I'm supposed to be falling a little bit more forward. Mom, you should be so excited that your son is an actor and not a long jumper. It's it's not bad. It's it's not as good as my jokes. Everybody, ADHD time. We're gonna we're gonna start informing you when we're when ADHD is hitting in. We're ending this segment, and here's my mom's transition into the next segment. I watched a very interesting uh, program on Netflix called um, Surviving Death, and it's a program about um, afterlife. Not afterlife. It's a program about clinical death people who have experienced clinical death. And it's a program about me mediums or medians, whatever you call them and spirit world. And it was just fascinating. I haven't finished watching it because I'm afraid to watch it by myself at night because I'm afraid that like I'll get spooked when I'm home by myself. But what I watched was just amazing. Well, the, the so that's what we want to talk about on the podcast today is the afterlife and spirits. You've had a lot of experience with mediums and, We've had a lot of uh, people pass away that are very close to us. And so, I don't know. Yeah, let's have a conversation about that. It, by the way, speaking of getting spooked in the house, sorry, my ADHD is kicking in. Something really weird happened in the house the other day that freaked you out, right? You oh out of God. nowhere was crazy. found a switch on your wall that's red right in front of your eyes. And it says emergency. And no, no one in the family has seen it for the past eight years nine, that we've lived in that house, years, yeah. nine years. And I watched back old videos and it's in every single one of my videos. It's there. None of us saw it and none of us remember it, yeah. which is so weird. It's, it's an emergency switch, switch like in the most 
visible place ever. And so what my theory is, is there's this, uh, I, I forgot what this theory is called, but there's this thing that supposedly in the future, there's time travelers and they're disrupting timelines. So we're all living in different timelines. So like there's a lot of people who remember uh, a certain cereal brand having a, 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 a that sun that sun cereal brand had had like glasses on it. Like there's multiple people who remember glasses on it, but it never had glasses on it when you research it. And there's like all these small things that uh, uh, are are changed in the smallest way, and half the population remembers it a certain way, and the other half. So it's like supposedly these breaks. Wow, I sound crazy. I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I saw it in this episode, HBO episode called How to with John Wilson which is a hilarious show. I recommend everyone watches it, but basically it's on Netflix. I'll watch it. It's on HBO. It's HBO. absolutely amazing. Every episode's like Nathan for you. Remember Nathan Fielder? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's it, it's the most brilliant show I've ever seen in my life. It's this Let me guy, write it down. John. No, how to with John Wilson. What he does yeah. is he has tens of thousands of hours of B-roll that he films of just like random things in New York City. And then he curates full stories out of it and does voiceover and tells like amazing stories. And it's like really funny and it goes on crazy tangents. But anyway, one of his episodes focuses on this investigating this weird thing about whether or not uh, we're remembering things correctly and there's like breaks in our timelines. And so my theory is that maybe that's what happened, that somehow this switch has appeared and it was actually in our history, but we don't remember it because we lived in a different version of the universe. I th That was exactly what I was thinking when I saw that switch. I think they're fucking with us, Eric. Whoever it is that's tweaking our programming, I think they're fucking with us. So they added the switch because I think like something is going to change in the near future that we're going to realize that we're not really living in reality, but we're living in some sort of a virtual reality. That's what I think. Man, it's so hard. Our ADHD is killing me because now I want to talk about, because we're talking about conspiracy theories. I want to, yeah. I want to talk about how you texted me before the podcast and you asked me if I know about QAnon. You asked oh my me if God. I <laughs> we can't do this. We can't jump like this all over. <laughs> QAnon is like crazy. I watched the program on it yesterday and I'm like, why don't I know this? And I'm a Trump supporter. What, what is happening? Why am I oh, not no. a Q? This, this is why are you not a Q, mom? You don't want to be a Q. It's I don't like know what it is. It's crazy. I, I, it's I don't know what it is, but it's a just crazy conspiracy theory about people, Jews putting chips in your brain. I fell asleep in the middle of the episode. Okay, so the Q, as I understand it, the QAnon, it's a um, it's somebody we don't know who it is who puts out messages into the. Uh, internet through some sort of a website so they've been turned off everywhere nobody allows them to be out there but one website used to allow them i think they're not allowed anymore after trump lost but they used to put some sort of messages that suggested that we are ruled as i understood it that suggested that we are ruled by uh, a small elite who are pedophilers and you know hillary clinton's picture came up and pedophile uh, is a word Pedophile is a word. No, that sounds like uh, what, what's pedophile is a word. You said yes, pedophile is a word. You could say pedophiles, but you said pedophilers. Do they <laughs> are they pedophiles and they file their nails at the same time? They're pedophilers. <laughs> it's it's pedophiles anyway. Pedophiles and they eat babies. Supposedly, I don't know what that was about. And uh, so we're ruled by this group that control everything. Control everything we do. And supposedly Trump knew about this Q thing, showed some sort of a Q in some sort of a program and 
reference these cues and I don't know what this is. So this reporter, I only started watching the program, oh my tries God, to Mala, figure I'm out nervous. what these cues are. I'm scared we're going to lose you. It's very, I am just curious what it is, why I did not know about it. Apparently Shrek in the Disney movie wears a cue shirt. Oh no, mom. Oh no, you're deep. You're deep in this, in this world, huh? You're starting to reference. Mama, do you know the, le- the letter Q is also in our alphabet? Yeah, but why would why would they have why a would Q? they put a Q in our alphabet? Uh, it, it, Do you think that's the QAnon as well? No, I I don't think I don't I don't even know why Q came up. Do you think whoever came up with Q Tip is in the QAnon <laughs> community? It might be. Why would he call it Q Tip? What's he been using it for? Q Tip has a lot of. It's a very multi-functional piece of equipment it's very futuristic make sure guys to follow this podcast because uh in the future we'll have q on updates on how how deep my mom goes into this conspiracy theory and we see what happens to her well maybe we can have a q on on our podcast i have no idea what they are and they can clarify for us what this what this is there are youtubers eric that have hundreds of thousands of subscribers who focus on just this q anon phenomenon q anon phenomenon yeah. <laughs> oh man Okay. okay, I know very little about QAnon. I have to watch the program. All right, so let's go back. Let's go is. back, guys. So now we, we rewind. Now we're talking about the subjects that my mom wanted to talk about today, which is what? We're talking about death and post-life mm-hmm. and spirits. Okay, yeah. let's go. Yeah. So this program that I watched, Surviving Death on Netflix, uh, talks about several people. There's interviews of people, some of them who are doctors, who describe what happens to them when they experience clinical deaths. So they, it, it's been uh, proven to them that they were brain dead during the period. But during that period that they were brain dead, they saw themselves. They had an out-of-body experience. They saw themselves being dead, being revived. They heard what people were saying to them, but they all of them wanted to go to the slide. They heard voices. I mean, it's a very similar description of what they're feeling. So it's just very fascinating. But there's some things that they're showing there. Of course, it could be like fake. It could be that something happens with the brain and uh, when you die, and this is like some sort of a, an issue. But one woman literally describes while she's in surgery, completely brain dead, where the doctors are standing, what are they saying, what equipment are they using? And even the doctors say, we have no idea how she could have known that we use this particular equipment, that we were standing there, that I said this particular phrase. She was brain dead, clinically brain dead. So these are just very interesting things that um, weird, you know, we know nothing about. But there was one one description there that was so interesting to me. So there's this couple of elderly women. Uh, their mother was 97. She was dying. She was dying in clear mind. So they were having a conversation with her about death, and they're saying to her mom, "When you die, they used to bird watch. So they say, when you die, please send us this particular bird. I don't know, remember the name of the bird. Please send her to us as a sign. We know you're okay in heaven." And then they're filming on the iPhone where this particular bird, they're sitting at home, flies into the house and lands in the hands of this one daughter. Oh, my God. And the daughter grabs this bird and she goes, oh, my God, this is my mother. This is my mother. And they're filming it. And then she's walking outside into the yard with her sister. And she's like trying to let go of this bird, you know, like she throws up the bird and the bird doesn't fly away. It goes onto her shoulder. All of this is documented. So it's like. You know, what is this? But the reason that that was so interesting for me is when my mother-in-law died and we were sitting in the bedroom with your aunt and she was going through her jewelry, we had the same experience where a bird 
flew and was trying to fly into the window and literally like hitting herself against the window continuously. And your dad saw it, I saw it, your, your aunt saw it. And then your cousin during the same period had the same bird fly into her home and fly around the home. And her boyfriend at the time who was Buddhist said, this is your grandmother. So it's like weird, very it's like, like, I don't know. It's interesting. It's well, weird. I'm going to do an experiment where I go to hospitals where people are dying and I'm going to sit there. I'm going to say, hey, I don't know you, but when you die, just so I can make sure you go to heaven, can you get me a really good acting role just in any great movie? And that's when I go on Jimmy Fallon and stuff, they're going to ask me, how did how did I become so successful? I'm going to say, well, I just I talked to people that were dying a lot and I just ha- made wishes like Everything I said came true. Do you think that could be a good experiment? Maybe it's a documentary no, that I could that's document. that's not how it's going to work. It's Why? not how it's going to work. Because when people pass, from what I understand from watching these programs and talking to people who talk to spirits, people don't do that on the other side. They either try and protect you somehow or they finish their business and they go to this different dimension. So I didn't share with you something that happened yesterday. That I Wait, you're telling me I've you. been praying to all these people yeah. for, for, for no yeah. reason? I'll for tell acting you. roles? I'll tell, I'll tell you what happened. Yeah, you don't pray for acting roles. So, what you heck? know, I have a relative of a relative. I don't want to like mention names. I don't know if she wants to be, uh, you know, mentioned or not. But I have a relative of a relative who has a special gift. Like, I don't know what it is, but she healed my dad when he was very sick. And let I me tell the story of what she did with yeah, your dad. Tell, so tell basically our, my grandpa, my mom's dad, super healthy guy got COVID during, uh, during COVID and it was pretty bad. Uh, he thought he was going to die. He's a really chill guy. Very funny. But I remember he called me and he was like in Russian. He's like, all right, bye brother. Uh, I send in here and it's been good. And I was like, what? Um, somehow he survived. And then after that, he had started getting some really weird, like his muscles were aching to an insane amount. He couldn't walk. His legs were hurting and his blood work was showing that he, what was, he had like really high levels of protein that was going through his blood that was destroying his muscles. It's called rhabdomyolysis. Yeah. And so it was really high. He was producing too much of this protein and doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. Nobody knew. And so they kept saying that they just, he needed to hydrate. And so they would put him on an IV and then he would go home and it, it would, all this would happen again. It would pop up. So for like six weeks, seven weeks, seven weeks, they just, he just was in the hospital. Like every couple of days, he went back to the hospital and it was terrible and it wasn't going down. The doctors didn't know what to do. They were just trying to test everything. They had no idea what this was. They thought it was an autoimmune disease. Then they thought it was something else, but nothing, no, no answers at all. And all of a sudden, uh, my mom's cut co- your cousin or relative, my cousin's cousin, my co- cousin's cousin uh, calls or something or reaches out and says, I have a feeling something's wrong with your grandpa. And I, and I want to come over and help him. Right. She just had exactly. a feeling. I'm not making exactly. that up. But during the same time that she had that feeling because we couldn't treat my dad, my dad says to me, he says, I don't know what to do. Maybe I need to find a holistic healer because the the medical profession is not able to figure this out as he says that to me she calls me and said i have a feeling you're i need to see your dad wow i mean how fucked that's, up is that? that's crazy right and so she comes over i remember i was there and she's like i need to take him into a different room and i just need like 10 minutes with him and then she i was like hey i've got some ankle pain i've got uh headaches i maybe you can help can you help me become a better actor with your hands or something but she was like no i don't give a shit about you i'm not helping you she left and 
we asked and grandpa was out for 40 minutes we asked him yeah we asked him to what happened he was like i don't know her hands were just really hot and she just like rubbed them over me and then and then she left and then the next day grandpa was completely fine we tested his blood the protein is completely almost completely out of his system and the woman was sick for a couple of days right she three then days. herself yeah, she got sick, sick for three, three days, days. Yeah. but it's been gone completely yeah. Yeah. gone knock on wood yeah which Amazing. is I, I i mean i don't know how you explain that people could say it's placebo but like placebo would also work if the doctor said, oh, all you need, because the doctor said to my grandpa, all you need to do is drink a bunch of Gatorade. So he, he drank a bunch of Gatorade and it got worse. So placebo should work if you trust the doctor, right? In that case, drinking Gatorade would have worked. So I don't know how that, how that happens. So anyway, so this woman is like, clearly has some sort of I powers, think she has a gift. Yeah, yeah, she has some sort of a gift. Um, but I didn't know this, What I did not know that I learned recently is that she hears, she hears voices from beyond, uh, from people from beyond people who have passed, like she's talked to uh, my uncle John who passed three years ago, and she hears what he's saying to her anyway. So I went out to dinner with them the other day. And I, I didn't know that. But this is what I learned that when my cousins tried to talk to their father through her, my uncle FEMA came. He said that he was uncle FEMA who passed, you know, three months ago. And he said that he's there with my uncle John. And he, the only thing he said is that there's no fishing there. It sounds like my uncle's humor because my uncle was like funny guy. <laughs> he would say something like that. Like, you know, there's no fishing here. That's I mean, so weird. It was, it was crazy. So anyway, so yesterday I went to see her because I needed to drop some stuff off her house. And she said, come in, I want to tell you something. So I came in and she told me that my, your grandmother, my mother-in-law came to see her. What? When? And she's dead. Yesterday morning. What? Why all of a sudden is this, is, is, are people visiting her? Very, uh, well, all the time she hears voices. She hears voices all the time and people in, uh, apparently. They is this the people. first time that our grandma has come? First and ever. She's never met her. She's never met her. What? Yeah, she's never met. She uh, never met her in never, real life? Never met her in real life. Oh, my God. And one conversation with her on the phone years ago when your grandma called uh, her husband, who is a contractor, to get a uh, to get a, a bid on contracting work. And that was the only time she heard her voice. So she knows nothing about grandma. Why nothing. her? Why, why, why can't these people go to anybody? Why, what's wrong with their, what's special about their I brains she, that like. Well, this is how I see it. I think that her brain is open to, to that, open to receive these And the spirits messages can tell somehow and they just show up. Anyway, so what happened? So grandma came to her and the way she describes grandma, is she said, she was very like a calculator, no like extra energy, very direct very kind of like to the point, which is exactly how grandma was. And she said to her that she doesn't know, owe anybody anything, that she did what she had to do, that she raised her kids, and that she's not worried about her kids or her grandkids, that everything will work out as it needs to work out, that she has no regrets, that maybe she didn't experience love the way like uh, some women experience it, which Hieta would not know that grandpa was very tough, kind of in love and wasn't very lovey-dovey. But she said, but that's exactly how I wanted it. I had a life that I, I 
envisioned. And if I had to live again, I would not have changed the thing. And she also said she wouldn't worry about my sister. She said, don't worry about Michelle. Uh, uh, because she's, your daughter. Yeah, because she said she's part of my soul. She's exactly like me and she's going to do whatever she wants, the way she wants it. And she left and said she's never going to come back. She has no unfinished business. What? Yeah, can you believe that? That's crazy. How does it make you feel hearing this? I I, I was really happy to hear it. It get, you know I I oh I felt very guilty about how grandma died because I wasn't there with her and I knew that she trusted me to be there with her. And on that night that she died, um, the the hospital told us to leave. And uh, I knew that if I would have I felt like if I would have created a hysteria, they would have let me stay. But I was so tired and exhausted, and I wanted to go sleep. And I, I knew she'd be there in the morning. So I didn't like create hysteria. We left, but grandma really did not want to be left alone. So I always felt very guilty that she died without me by her side. And um, I felt like a, a sense of relief that she is, her soul is so comfortable and so at ease that she doesn't worry about anything. I, and I, you know how scared of death I am. I'm like terrified of all that stuff. It made me feel like more at ease as well. Wow. You've also went to fortune tellers or whatever in Russia, and I they've did. predicted everything, everything, everything. I mean, to, to such a T. That stuff's so weird. And even like as you were telling stories of people visiting, I remembered, I think I had that power as a kid. And I think I shut it out because I was scared when dad's best friend died. It was the day he got a call. And he died and dad was laying in bed. And so I was sleepwalking. Dad was in his room saying, where are you, Danny? Where are you? And then I walked into the room and I said, where am I going? It felt like my dad doesn't believe in any of this stuff, but he feels like it was his friend, like communicating to him through me. It's... Yeah. I mean, there's definitely something. I remember when your sister was little and we were in Moscow and she was very ill because she, the doctor overdosed her on antibiotics and we couldn't, um, you know, normalize and stabilize her situation. And I was just panicking and I was going to leave with her to go to the U.S. And that didn't really want me to leave. And there was this very famous woman. She was known all over the former Soviet Union. Her name was Juna. Uh, she used to treat Brezhnev, who was like the, the, the president, not the president, I forgot what they're called um, in, in Russia. And she had people believed that she had healing powers. Uh, and uh, a friend of ours was working for her. And so um, he said, why don't you just take Michelle to her and see if she can help her? And it was just the the most craziest experience michelle was two so she didn't really quite understand what was being said or what was happening around us and we went to her apartment and she sensed her with her hand and she said the minute you walk out of the door of this apartment she's going to get violently sick you go home and you give her a watermelon and and these russian crackers whatever and she'll be so fine in, in three days yeah and the minute we walked out of her apartment, literally closed the door, Michelle became violently sick. Everything was coming out of her mouth, her, her hiney, everything. She's violently sick. And we brought her home. We did this for two days and she was completely healed. So there are people that have so weird. these powers. Yeah, they, they do. They do. Um, but she ended up tragically. Her son was tragically killed. And then she died 
I can't remember exactly why. I, I, I don't think these people that do this type of stuff, I think it drains them uh, physically and emotionally. And eventually, like my uncle Fima, who died, he used to do all this healing with his hands. And he didn't like to do it because he says, you take you take it on yourself. Like you, it, it, everything balances out in the world. So if you heal somebody, it has to go, that energy has to go somewhere else. So he didn't like to do that, but he used to like, when I would have headaches and stuff, like put his hands on my head and make me feel better. Yeah. I, I mean, it's all so strange. I feel like we're talking about it for a long time, but it is such a fascinating subject. And I feel like I, we've both been exposed to it so much. Like I did a video at BuzzFeed, one of my last, one of the last videos that I just got thrown on my table. Like it was some sort of celeb interview, like simple video. And it was with the Long Island medium, who a lot of people think is like fake or whatever. And, you know, a lot of times when they make TV shows out of these spiritual people, it seems like they're trying to capitalize and they're not honest, but unless they're the most amazing like psychologists who can completely guess like it has to be like a like an insane performance of magic i don't know how she did it she was supposed to the video concept was she was just she was supposed to try and help me talk to my oh my god that's so weird that grandma didn't oh my god now it comes full circle you're saying grandma didn't owe anything and didn't really want to communicate the whole purpose of the video was I was supposed to sit down and she was supposed to help me communicate with grandma because grandma had recently died. And she said, I'm not getting anything. She was like, I, there, there's nothing. No one's trying to talk to you in any way. And I was so upset. I was like, what the hell's going on? And then she looked at the girl that was doing the sound. She had headphones on and she was just brought on last minute to do sound for the, for the episode because someone else fell out. Someone else couldn't show up. So she showed up and she goes, I'm, I'm getting some sort of messaging for you for some reason. And she points to the girl and the girl's like, what? And so we swap seats and she sits down and she said, did you like used to play with someone, um, when you were young and then, and then, and then you grew apart and you're feeling a lot of, you, you feel guilt about that. And the girl started crying immediately. And she said the the person is trying to tell you that they're okay. And, 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 um, and I'm seeing a seatbelt, a seatbelt. And basically she had someone that she was, I can't remember. It was a cousin or something that she was close friends with and used to play with. And then he moved to a different town and they grew apart. And then he died in a car accident and he didn't, he didn't have a seatbelt on or something like that. And so the family buried a lot, like had a lot of guilt and he wasn't actually supposed to be in that car. And they, he like swaps, like it was all like last minute and didn't make sense that this ha death happened. And so she called um, that, that, uh, that person's sister and like told this whole story and the sister like broke down and it meant so much to her to hear that he was okay. And that he was fine with how it happened and ended. And it, it was just the most visceral thing to sit in that room and see it happen because nothing was said. She just pointed at this girl and she said, there was, I'm seeing like, like, like you playing on a, uh, what is it like four square? I don't remember when you draw with the chalk and you jump and she was saying, I'm seeing this. And she's like, yes, yes. And you guys separated, moved towns or something. And she's like, yeah. And she starts crying when she realizes who she's talking about. And then she mentions the seatbelt and the woman and, and this girl's like, like, there was no mention of car accident, death, childhood separation. Like all of that was just brought out. And I don't know how you do that. I, I, so it was really insane and whether it's real or not, like the effect that it had on this girl and her family clearly was like so impactful. Like it was so healing for them 
this whatever is, this, this is woman what, did. Uh, what comes through a lot in that program that I watched, Surviving Death, that people that go through this experience, it it alleviates so much stress and guilt that they have uh, because uh, the person that passed, they didn't either didn't say goodbye or some sort of an unfinished business. And then they finish that situation where these people now feel relieved. I mean, it's, it's. But anyway, how, how do you feel about the episode? This was your first produced episode. Yeah. What do you think? I think it was really fun. I think maybe we, we got a little bit confused. Maybe people can send us some feedback, DM me on Instagram or shoot us an email. I would love to hear uh, people's stories about like very paranormal experiences. And um, I mean, I, I'm so fascinated by that topic. So I would love to hear. Send us a story and maybe we'll read it on the next podcast. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Do Until we meet again. Mm-hmm.